be in Three Lakes again uh, many years ago. I had the privilege of preaching here a few times. The one thing I really remember, one time there was a fishing hook in the pulpit. Didn't you have to, did you have a bigger pulpit in the past? And there was a fish hook there. I could never figure out what a fish hook. Well, anyway. In uh, a Moody Press book called Breaking Down Walls, uh, co-author Raleigh Washington tells his uh, story of his uh, growing up in the uh, ghettos of uh, Jacksonville, Florida. He was an excellent baseball player in high school, thought that maybe that was where he was headed, but something happened and he wound up in the military. Given Raleigh's leadership skills, he quickly advanced and he was given some assignments that called for some really tough personnel type of decisions. And those that were affected by those decisions uh, were not very happy about that. So they got together and they... Um, brought these charges against Raleigh, took him to the military uh, 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 leaders, and uh, first the military said, ah, there's nothing here, but then uh, these people persisted, and eventually they said, okay, we will pursue this. So they um, confronted Raleigh. So we've got these charges that have been brought against you. We think there's some validity to them, and we're going to pursue it. And you know that when we do this, uh, we win. We never lose. Uh, so we're going to give you a choice. You can resign from the military, leave, or we're going to pursue this, and you know the consequences that will come. Raleigh and Paulette, they, had, uh, they were newer Christians at that point. They prayed about it, got counsel, decided to leave the military. One day short of 20 years. And all the benefits that would be coming from that kind of a retirement. Sometimes life does that. And at that, po- that point, we can feel like we're in a maze and like, how, do, how are we going to get out of this? The Bible gives some examples of those who found help and strength in God in the midst of those kind of life issues. Now I want us to look at Caleb from Joshua chapter 14. As Pastor Scott and I were talking about preaching today, um, I suggested this, and he said, well, I preached on Caleb a little while back, but uh, maybe you can straighten them out on where he messed up or whatever. I'm sure that wasn't the case, but here we go with Caleb. Joshua chapter 14, verse 6. Now the men of Judah approached Joshua at Gilgal, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God at Kadesh Barnea, about you and me? I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. 
I brought him back a report according to my convictions, but my brothers who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt with fear. I, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. So on that day, Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever, because you have followed the Lord my God There's the word again, wholeheartedly. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he's kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses while Israel moved about in the desert. So here I am today, 85 years old, still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. Just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard then that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified, but the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he said. Then Joshua blessed Caleb, son of Jephunneh, gave him Hebron as his inheritance. So Hebron has belonged to Caleb, son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite, ever since, because he followed the Lord, the God of Israel, wholeheartedly. Three times it says he followed him wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly means, it was, it's, a, it's a word that's used when they were uh, describing the uh, burnt offerings. They were to be Fully consumed. And so wholeheartedly means being fully, completely following the Lord. And in verse 7, you may have seen that uh, he says uh, he gave a report according to his convictions. This story reaches back to Numbers chapter 13 and uh, 14, and there it says of uh, Caleb that he had a different spirit than these other people, than especially uh, uh, ten of the other spies. So that kind of begs the question for me, what were his convictions? What were his, uh, uh, what was the different spirit that helped him to follow God? fully in all of these events of his life. It's like he was standing before us today and sharing his story with us, his testimony. And he says, um, you know, I was able to follow God fully, not because of me, but about who God is. And certain of his qualities, which then I chose to believe and embrace, which allowed me to follow him wholeheartedly. And that drives me to want to say, well, what was that? Are there some hints in this passage that help us uh, to think about and uh, find out what was going on in his life as he tells us his story here? And as we think about the end of the year and approaching a new year, I'd like to suggest that uh, these can be some good kind of uh, points of evaluation and maybe 
God would speak to you in one of these areas and you would say, you know, as I move into a new year, new decade, um, this is what I need to be a little more serious about. I need to understand that about God and embrace that and follow it. So what are these? What are these? Um, as he shares his story with us, he goes back quite a few years, and he tells about when he was 40 years old. He's one of the 12 spies that went into this land that they were going to conquer. You may know the story. You probably do. And in doing so, he relates that, uh, like in verse uh, 6, this is something that the Lord said. In verse 10, he talks about God promising, and God said. In verse 12, as he said, as God promised. So, God had promised the Israelites this land, that it's yours. I'll be with you. Go in and take it. So, it seems to me <laughs> that Caleb had a, a personal relationship with his God, and God spoke certain things, communicated with him and with his people. And what did Caleb do? All he did was choose to believe God and his promises. God promised it. If he said it, I'm going to believe it and act accordingly. That's in contrast to the ten other spies. They saw the same cities, uh, the same fruit of the land. They saw the same people. And they came to a whole different conclusion. Because Psalm 106.24 says, They did not believe God's promises. They didn't believe. Elsewhere in the Scripture, Deuteronomy 32.4, it says, God is the God of truth. Titus 1.2, God cannot lie. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Second Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is given by God. It's God-breathed. It's profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness. God has communicated His Word to us. And we believe it's true. And we can live it. That's so um, contrary to today. And the culture and the world out there. There is no one truth. How dare you be so arrogant to think that you've got the truth? But hasn't that been Satan's ploy even all the way back to the Garden of Eden? When he said to Eve, indeed, has God really said? Has he really said? So, Caleb believed that God is true to his word. 
And therefore, he chose to believe everything that God said. I need to affirm God is true to his word, and therefore I should believe everything he says in the word. What about you? Do you embrace that? All the promises? What is God saying to you now through his word? What does he want to say to you? What's he trying to communicate in terms of something in your life that he wants you to align your life with? Of course, the greatest truth, part of what we've been singing about and what's uh, in front of us here is Jesus, the Messiah. It's John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. No one comes to the Father but through Him. It starts with my embracing my need for Him and then believing His Word. And obeying it. Moving into the new year, maybe uh, there's something about uh, the scriptures that you want to be more regular about, or something you want to study, or maybe you're having those kind of doubts and uh, you're wondering, ah, is that really? You need to dig into that a little bit more. Maybe that would be uh, whatever you do, resolution or goal or whatever, to uh, dig into God's Word more regularly, more deeply. Um, maybe this sentence prayer might express the desire of your heart. Lord, help me to listen to what you say and believe it. May your word provide the parameters I need to live a life worthy of being called a Christian. So here's Caleb, his story, that's what was going on there 40 years ago. I believed God, I believed his word, I, uh, um, along with Joshua, we challenged those people to, to believe God and to uh, go into that land. But it didn't happen. Caleb was obedient, following God wholeheartedly. Wouldn't we expect now that just everything's great in his life? What happened? We get a hint of it in verse 10 when he refers to, uh, he says, uh, while Israel moved about in the desert, in that little phrase, there's 40 years involved. And God brought judgment on those people. Because they hadn't believed and they disobeyed and they rebelled uh, against God and against Moses and the leaders. And He brought judgment on them. That they wandered in a wilderness for 40 years. Where was Caleb during those 40 years? He's in the desert too. 
Talk about a wilderness experience, a maze. He's there too. He's following God wholeheartedly, but it, he's in this, this wilderness experience. There's a whole generation that dies. It's daily wandering and sand and heat. And then there's the, the menu. Quail and manna. Day in, day out. Week in, week out. One year, five years, forty years of that. Um, there's a worship song that came out a few, quite a few years ago now by Keith Green that talks about some of this. You know, how, how many ways can you prepare manna to make it kind of palatable and that the people would want it? You could, of course, have manna burgers. Uh, you could have um, barbecue manna, maybe. How about bum, 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 banana bread? Banana bread. That's it. Or, of course, manna bagels. This is 40 years. Put yourself in Caleb's sandals, and here it goes, day after day after day. And watching family and friends and others fall in the wilderness and dying. Yet Caleb followed God wholeheartedly. How? What did that look like? I would suggest, I don't know that he never really had any, maybe, uh, reservations and questions about all that. But I think at the heart of it, He would say, Lord, get up in the morning. Lord, you're sovereign. You always do what is right and best for me. I choose to trust your choice for me to be in the midst of this maze, this desert experience. And so his second conviction would be, God's actions are always right. Therefore, I can always trust Him for what that looks like. Other scriptures remind us of this truth. Will not the judge of all the earth do right? Genesis 18.25, Job 34.11. It's unthinkable that God would do anything wrong. His very character, He would never do anything wrong. Romans 8.28, all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to His purpose. Contrast that with the rest of these Israelites. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 10 reaches back to these events. And there he says, those things happened and are recorded for you Corinthian believers' example. And he reminds, he reminds them of how these people um, went after idolatry while they're wandering in the wilderness, how they tested God, how they gave themselves over to sexual sin, how they constantly grumbled, and it says God was not pleased with, pleased with most of them. I take it that Caleb was not one of those uh, people. He was following God. Moses was following God wholeheartedly. Joshua, others. But most of them 
We're not. You know, Jesus said in John 16.33, and this, I've told you these things so that you may have peace. In this life, in this world, you will have trouble. You'll have wilderness experiences, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Of course, Jesus Himself trusted His Father. In the garden, He said, not my will be done, but Lord, Your will be done. And I align myself with it. We're to trust our good and loving Father who knows the end from the beginning. I don't know what you may be in the midst of now, or we don't know what a new year holds. Uh, we have a very good friend from uh, our church in Stevens Point, uh, one of the founding families of that church. And uh, last year at this time, they were a wonderful family. Uh, in the spring, the man died after a, a week of illness, the husband. And a month ago, uh, the wife fell and uh, broke her hip. And the first round with the surgery didn't go well, and she was supposed to have surgery on Friday, and something else complicated it, and so now she can't have surgery for a couple of weeks, a week and a half. What a year. We don't know. In the midst of all of that, will we choose to trust a God who always does what is right? This lady Louise is doing that. She's got incredible witness to the people in the, uh, the special care place where she is now. She's incredible. But she's also discouraged right now. What does that look like for us? Moving into the new year, will we embrace again? God does everything right. He does everything right. He gives us His peace in the midst of the stuff of life. There's another uh, prayer. Maybe this would one you, is one you would embrace as you move forward. I praise and exalt and glorify You, my God, because everything You do is right and all Your ways are just. Increase my trust in You. So here's Caleb following God wholeheartedly for all those years. And now the um, story ratchets forward to now. He says, I'm 85 years old. Um, I have yet some years ahead of me. Moses and God promised me this land... And he's kept me alive all these years, it says in verse 10. And now I'm ready to go for what God has for me next. <laughs> he's still following God wholeheartedly after all those years, after all of those experiences, the wilderness. Still following God wholeheartedly. Fully. And how could he do that? 
I think it's again back in verse 10. He says, Lord, uh, you, uh, the God has kept me alive for 45 years since that time back then. I take it that he's speaking of God's faithfulness. Throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, it talks about how God was faithful to his people, how he led them in the wilderness, how he fed them, how their clothes did not wear out, etc. And now Caleb is just as vigorous and strong. And he looks back and reflects on God and God's faithfulness, and now that prepares him to move for what God's got for him next. Elsewhere in the scripture, it says, For the Lord is good and His faithfulness continues through all generations. Philippians 1.6, For I'm confident of this, that He who began a good work will continue it to completion. Faithfulness of God to Caleb over the years allowed him to confidently press on to pursue what he was now being called to do. principle is, God is faithful, therefore I must act with confidence and do it. Go for it. So the question comes, what's God calling uh, you to uh, as you move into a, a new year? Is there something stirring right now that uh, you're wondering, boy, maybe I think he would want me to be doing this. Can you look back and rehearse God's faithfulness to you, to your family, to whoever? And based on that, knowing that he's calling me to this next thing, I'm going to do it. Knowing that he will be with me, he will empower me, he will strengthen me. God is faithful. I must act with confidence and do it. How about Three Lakes Evangelical Free Church? God been faithful to this place? Since when? The early 80s? Is that when you started? Mid-80s? Yeah. I remember when there wasn't a building here, right? Probably a lot of you weren't even here then. God's been faithful. God's been faithful. What's He calling you to next? In terms of your next shepherd. In terms of uh, how to be more effective in this community given the day we live in. Whatever. Uh, what's God calling you to? Rehearse God's faithfulness and then do it. Following God wholeheartedly. God's true to His Word. Believe it. He's always right. Trust Him. He's faithful. Act in confidence. Um, back to Raleigh, Washington. When we left him, he just left the military. And what's next? Well, um, Raleigh, as he was moving through, he felt called to the ministry. And uh, through really a 
couple of miracles. Uh, he was able to, at the last minute, enroll at Trinity Evangelical Divinity School, uh, which is the best seminary in the world, by the way. Um, and uh, in that experience, he uh, connected with uh, Jim Westgate, who was on the Great Lakes District staff of the Free Church, and uh, Jim recruited him to move into the inner city, the Austin community of Chicago, to partner with the other co-author of this book, Glenn Kayrine, through the uh, Circle Urban Ministries. Maybe some of you have been there or are familiar with that ministry in the Austin community of Chicago. Gang-controlled, burned-out buildings, uh, drug-infested, really, really, really tough place. God had called uh, Glenn there many years before that to establish Circle, Circle Urban Ministries. So uh, Raleigh graduated from Trinity, planted this church, Rock of Our Salvation, Evangelical Free Church, in the inner city of Chicago. God blessed that and it grew. Also, um, someone picked up his, well, before that, he, he then went on uh, to uh, connect with Promise Keepers back in the 90s and the big events, and Raleigh had a position there. Maybe some of you were at some of his events where he shared this very story. Anyway, uh, <coughs> so, <coughs> excuse me, Raleigh felt called to go for what God was calling him to. God had been faithful to him, and God multiplied his ministry many, 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 many times over, beyond what could ever have been dreamt of. In the midst of this, then, there was a lawyer who took up his cause, looked at the details, and started pursuing it with the military. One day, the lawyer called Raleigh and said, Raleigh, we have won. The military has admitted there was an injustice done here. And they want you, they want to reinstate you because you still owe them one day. Raleigh tells about getting, he could still get his uniform on. And, uh, Glenn Kayrine's, uh, father rented a stretch, stretch limo for him. They rode through the gates of Fort Sheridan in North Chicago. And Raleigh says, I gotta admit, I had some carnal feelings about that time. <laughs> yes! You know. He put in his one day and was able to retire with the benefits. What a really wonderful, happy ending to a great story of someone, Raleigh has said, I could have been so bitter and angry and beat down by what had happened to me, if I had focused on that, it would have destroyed me, my family. But I was trusting God and say, okay, God, you must have something else here. And you heard the rest of the story. Now, not every story winds up with that wonderful, happy kind of an ending. But in the midst of that, we're still called follow God wholeheartedly through His Word, trusting Him, 
for doing what He's called us to do. How about you? How about me? Where do we connect with those truths about who God is and how do we align ourselves with them and what's next for us this new year? Let me pray with you about that. Here's another little prayer that maybe you would embrace and even want to pray it in the silence of your heart. God, I confess my failure to serve You with my whole heart. Strengthen me by Your Spirit to increase my commitment to You and so to honor Your name. Father, um, thank You for this story of Caleb. Someone who followed You no matter what the circumstances. He was still sold out to following You completely. Lord, let that be the desire of my heart. The desire of uh, the heart of everyone here, Lord, who's encountering this story. Speak to us by Your Spirit so that we might know what it is we ought to um, pursue, to do, where we need to embrace these truths as we enter into a new year. Thank You for the Lord Jesus, our Savior, came on Christmas, who died on Good Friday, who rose from the dead on Easter. And who He desires to be in our lives moment by moment. May we wholeheartedly follow Him all for Your glory. Strengthen us to do that. I pray in Jesus' name. Now Lord, dismiss us with Your blessing. Thank You that we have the promise of You going with us by Your Spirit. How that encourages us. That as we seek to Embrace Your Word to trust You, to faithfully uh, pursue what You've called us to. Your Spirit empowers us, directs us. Now, Lord, uh, dismiss us in the strong name of Jesus, I pray. And God's people said, Amen. Amen.